dental question that's also Harry Potter related. So when Hermione shrinks her teeth, she's like, my parents wouldn't approve because they're yes. dentists and they just want me to carry on with my braces. Does she have braces? Because uh, they never mentioned the braces before or after. But let's, she says, they it. just want me to carry on with my braces. Okay, but Google. she doesn't have braces. Does Hermione have braces? Maybe, maybe it's pre-braces. <laughs> this is a Tumblr post. Five unanswered questions of the Harry Potter series. <laughs> Wait, so exactly. did Hermione have braces or what? Strictly speaking, Grangers, technically, how different are braces from fucking magic? I mean, it's just a more painful, long thing for the same result, and you have to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't in England. I don't know. You really don't have to pay for it if your parents are dentists. Yeah, but they're not orthodontists. They might be. That, mm, That's a good that's point. That's true. Hello, welcome to the Sorting Chat. We're talking about teeth. Hi. Uh... And the pot and the Potterverse. <laughs> they never say how good Harry Potter's teeth are. Are they good? I mean, he's British. Mm. Sherry's racist. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, that's like a thing, though. Racist to the. It's a um, thing that American people say. Every, I don't know if it's I, true. I think it's a thing that British people say too, though. I don't know any British people. Yeah, um, because didn't they did, didn't they have like terrible like, dental care and no fluoride in water, like non fluoridated? I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I feel like it's a joke that British people also make. Mm. Well, they think Americans are all fat slobs, so pretty sure. (laughs) That is true. You know what I ate for lunch today? What? Half a bag of cheese popcorn. Mm, Cheese popcorn. Delicious. So good. I remember like sleeping over at Leah's house, and her mom would get us the microwave cheese popcorn that had this packet of like sauce that you would pour over the top, so it was like cheesy, buttery delicious sauce that went over the cheese popcorn. I was probably like Sherry's face is horrified. <laughs> I'm just confused. Oh my god. Uh. Well, I'm Lauren. Come on, guys. <laughs> this happened last night. I'm Sherry. I'm sorry. Everybody keeps no, coming No, you're out. Dale. I'm, I'm Dale. <laughs> I'm Dale and I just drink all my wine. Oh. So I don't have anything to drink. So oh, I'm drinking. drinking tea out of a cauldron. It's, oh, it's that happened one other tamer. time. <gasps> tension tamer tea. I'm drinking uh, sangria from a real big bottle that I bought with Dale at Walmart big. last week. <laughs> I went. She wait, bought what? a big. You guys got to hang out last week. Yeah, we did. She came over to my house, and uh, Lucy and Jasper played Minecraft and fell asleep together. And... <gasps> yeah, and it was so sweet. And Lauren and I went to Walmart. It was Black Friday. Like, we didn't think about <laughs> it. We didn't it. remember. Yeah. And um, she bought a big-ass jug of sangria. It was one of those big wine jugs. And, yeah, it's about um, as big some, as an uh, Earth globe. And a hot Cheetos bag. And this guy was like, why aren't you buying more shit? It's Black he Friday. was like, where's your cart? And I was like, I, I mean, I just want Cheetos and wine. I got two hands. <laughs> hey, Say cute night story. Night. Oh. Ah! Night-night. Hi. <laughs> It's a night night to him. Did she say him? Him? Yeah, she said, I say night night to him. That's fine.
To be fair, she calls everybody him. Like, it's not, she doesn't understand her That's and okay. him yet. She, she doesn't fine. need to understand gender. She's living in a post-gender world. My nephew, Phoenix, doesn't, this is not the same, but he doesn't know the word yes. So he just says either no or okay. It's <laughs> 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 like, do, did you like it? Okay. Okay. I guess he hasn't just found something he's like super yes about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he'll say yes when he's good and ready. Yeah. Yeah. June's been saying whenever something like oh, she oh. really likes, she'll go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be like, Do you want to go eat chicken nuggets? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go help mommy do laundry? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that wine almost went up into my Oh, I thought you had I thought you were out of wine. I got more out of the fridge. <laughs> Do wizards watch movies? I don't think there's any evidence of that at all. Like, is there movies? The... Is there actresses? Do they? It seems because... like they had the radio. Do they also? Do they make movies? Because I wonder, like, what kind of like interesting, like you know, beyond like three D or something, like what would magic bring to filmmaking? This is a, like a continuation of our magical artwork conversation. Oh, that's right forgot about that um and i'm wondering if it wouldn't be just like because it doesn't seem like they have tv so i don't know why they would have movies but yeah um maybe it's just sort of like um like interactive theater you know what i mean like but they're not really there yeah you know what i mean and it like and it didn't seem like they had any plays or drama or anything like that going on like as far as it does seem like arts are suffering let's let's ask google i always ask it uh, okay, I'm, Google. Are there wizard movies? I think they're just oh going to tell you. I, I don't. It's just going to tell you movies about yeah, wizards. The Wizard of Oz. Like the craft. <laughs> it's going to okay. be like the craft. Let me, like, let me rephrase. Are there movies in Harry Potter? No, don't tell me the Harry Potter. I don't think it's going to happen. Do the Harry Potter <laughs> characters watch films? The characters in oh, Harry Potter you. and the Okay, so huge tangent, right? Well, it's not really a tangent. It actually has something to do with with wizarding, I, I think. I started listening to this podcast. I listened to this podcast called called History of England, so I'm plugging that podcast, right? Apparently, like, in Elizabethan times and even before that, they were, like, cool with some witches and, like, not cool with others. Like, witches that told it, them the future about, like, especially favorable futures, they were, like, cool, Thumbs up to those. And then witches that were like, you're going to die if you marry Anne Boleyn. Thumbs down. You're, you know, we're going to hang, we're going to, you know, hang you or draw and quarter you in well, front of everybody. Well, witches need to learn when to, when to, you got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. <laughs> so let's talk up. Let's talk up. Let's, I'm trying to think of like a song segue. Let's give them Draco to talk about. <laughs> mm, Draco. See, we're going to talk about that. How far? Are you guys like Draco people that like Draco and think he's cute and stuff? Okay. No. I want to talk about not my personal feelings because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it depends on whether I'm reading the actual text or whether I'm reading that that sexy, sexy fan fiction. Mm, sexy fan fiction. I think what um, I wanted to talk about was, like, why so many people find Draco appealing. Right, right. And uh, so what are y'all's thoughts on that? Why do people like that? Draco Malfoy. Draco, what's his middle name? 
Draco Carl Malfoy. <laughs> I, I, I think part of it is like the same, you know, reason people like bad characters in any yeah right is like the idea of like well there's i think there's two parts of it like one is like sometimes people just want to relate to a bad character which i can't really totally get but i think the other part is the idea of like in a fan fiction particularly like thinking that you can change or better someone or like you know you're gonna be the one to fix them i can turn them around I can change him. Yeah, there's definitely an allure there, like the the bad boy allure. But he's also, you know, an entitled. Yeah. So he's that's not, that's annoying. He's but not I really think like bad boy, like conventional movie bad boy. He's just kind of a whiny like brat of a child. Well, now hold on now, because sometimes he's a whiny brat, but he does get off some good one-liners. I don't know if you guys noticed, in the sixth film, he's, like, sleeked out in this black suit. And there was this girl in the theater. I saw it, you know, on opening night or whatever, like, midnight showing. And this girl was just, like, all about him and just kept hooting and hollering at him. Anytime he came on the screen, it was just like, mm, Draco! <laughs> like, it was just like, because he just... He foined? He looked cute in that movie, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how I ever felt about whether or not that the child, the boy child, Tom Felton was cute. But there are certain like movie stills because I was definitely googling movie still before we talked tonight. There are certain movie stills where he has a certain a certain uh, porcelain waif appeal. I guess I don't have a thing for Draco. Here's some lines that I googled on Good Goodreads quotes from Draco, Draco Malfoy. He says, um, Longbottom, if brains were gold, you'd be poorer than Weasley. And that's saying something. <laughs> that's good. You'd better hurry up. They'll be waiting for the chosen captain. The boy who scored. Whatever they call you these days. <laughs> <laughs> that one's kind of funny. I, I keep saying this. I keep bringing it up. But he made fun of Ron Weasley by saying you were born in a trash can. <laughs> like, there's no better insult than that. He's an insult comic. <laughs> you know. Do you guys think that um, the portrayal of Draco in the films may be whinier and more annoying than Draco would, you know, Draco is, or how you picture Draco in the in the books? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, I mean they kind of exaggerate everybody's characters in the film. So yeah, I think that's that's true. So the thing about the other thing about uh Draco is that um JK Rowling was apparently like really sort of like ske- skeezed out that so many girls are like into him. Yeah. You know. Right. Um and she says um that she has often had cause to remark on how unnerved she has been by the number of girls who fell for this particular fictional character and she says uh she talks about how he's an anti-hero and she says something that i don't know she says girls are very apt to romanticize such people which okay let's not paint everybody with such a broad brush but in the same uh, in that same vein i mean there's so much fan fiction yeah yeah i've read i've read a startling amount of it let's see it says uh i told them rather severely that draco was not concealing a heart of gold under all that sneering and prejudice However, she did write the fucking cursed child. Like, did, did she? I mean, she wrote the story. She and approved it. Did she? She didn't. She wrote. She wrote the story, she but wrote she didn't it. write. She didn't write the play, but she wrote the story. Like, she gave them the story, and they wrote the play. Mm. Is my understanding? 
Oh, like, I just thought that she was like, they wrote it and then she was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> like, that was it. I don't know. I thought that she, damn it, am I going to have to Google another thing? <laughs> <laughs> Did J.K. Rowling write The Cursed Child? I know she didn't write the play, but based on an original new story. Oh, she wrote the story with uh, this other guy before oh. before they eventually wrote that. So I, I, maybe we can say that uh, the other two people involved in the writing of the, the story and play, um, maybe that was their Draco vision. But again, she did sign off on it. But Draco well, and we, isn't even like that. Like I mean, it's not... The Cursed Child isn't that much about Draco, though. No, but I mean, like, he, he does something very... Sp- like, his love for his wife is is kind of like a big part of his character and the fact that he has this like time turner in his possession for a long time and he never uses it like even though he's got a dead wife um i feel like that shows a certain amount of maturity maybe i'm reading into it a little bit but like i don't know it just shows a goodness uh the fact that he has in fact grown into and i don't know there's just there's like I need to read the play again but i don't really want to yeah (laughs) i don't either i kind of want to forget about it there is a begrudging, not a friendship between he and Harry, but sort of like, you know, a begrudging acquaintanceship where he says these sort of mean things, but he doesn't, like, it's not the same. He's not being mean. Like, he's just being kind of an ass. Yeah. Like, um, it's not the same. So, I don't know. I feel like maybe that goes with our previous, I think um, what you guys said was that it was, you know, officially approved fan fiction. And so, I mean, that was as close as she was going to let it get, maybe to Draco's a nice guy now. Yeah. Yeah, um, just like his story arc took a different turn from from what he was, at, you know, as a student at Hogwarts. You know, like, things changed, and he may... And also, I, I don't know, I think that moment that Harry saves him from his imminent death, you know what I'm mm, saying? A right. lot could have changed in that one moment, just in that turn, you know what I'm saying? Because Harry totally could have just left him and let him die, and he didn't. Well, I think the moment he didn't kill Dumbledore. Oh, that's the moment, moment he he realized he was super in over his head. He's, I think. Um, Agreed. The sixth book is really. Um, <clears throat> we spend a lot of time following him, following not uh, just sort of barely grasping that Draco is up to something, right? And never yeah. really, for me, never really believing that it's as bad as it is. <clears throat> Like what he's into is as bad as it is, and um, but that Harry thinks what, so. Yeah, and when he gets, when we find out what it is that he's done, he's like a little baby boy again. Like yeah, he's 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 so entirely in over his head, and it's exactly. very sad. And the way they describe him as you know looking sort of gaunt and yeah, you know, like he's not <laughs> sleeping. He's just right. He's just trying to accomplish these these things. And I think right. I think a lot of it is out of fear because of the status of, of Lucius at that point. Because yeah, his father right. is isn't his father in Azkaban at that at that point? I don't think he's in Azkaban. I think it's that he's afraid of like what uh Voldemort's gonna do to his family. Right. Um, yeah. That's exactly so it. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to bring his prestige back to his family under Voldemort's regime. He's being motivated by fear because of the fact that Lucius loses favor in 
the at the end of the fifth book. That's very easy to sympathize with. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the Draco love came sooner, and I think some of that is also because um, nothing really ever goes right for him. Mm. You know, true. Uh, and that is even though he's got wealth and privilege, and that should be for us like, yeah, another fuck you to you, Malfoy. But um, that's relatable more than Harry Potter's yeah. story. Frankly, as far as he knows, he's doing the right thing the whole time. Like he was brought yeah. up to believe that he believe, you know, that's, is this person. Yeah. That's exactly I find, like, the, the most compelling about like you know Draco's story is like thinking about it from a perspective of like, well, what's going to happen to him after the Battle of Hogwarts? Because I think right. we talked about this a little when we texted about it. But like, if you think about his story as similar to like one of these kids that grew up in kind of like a white nationalist movement or like in the Westboro Baptist <clears throat> Church. And then you like read these profiles on them years later. So one I was thinking about is that guy, uh, I think Derek Black, who had grown up in kind of like white nationalism, like David Duke is his godfather, right? And yeah. Like after he went to college and like met other people and kind of like had his worldview expanded, he renounced that and basically became like progressive. Um, but you read similar stories about people that grew up in the Westboro um, Baptist Church, and then, like, when they kind of, at some point, get away from that and get out into the world, it's just, like, their brains are literally poisoned with this kind of indoctrination, and so they haven't really had a chance to realize that that isn't an accurate reflection of the world. And so Drake, yeah. having grown up with basically, like, Voldemort being, like, his godfather, essentially... Um, you know, like mm. his whole family being very swept up in this mentality. I don't know that even if he gets to Hogwarts, I think he's still like, because of the sorting and because of the fact that they get put into like houses of people similar than them, like by going into Slytherin, it's not like even being in Hogwarts, he has a chance to kind of get new information and new experiences with people that are different from him, that like, aren't purebloods or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think the difference, though, between Draco and, uh, and like, these Westboro Baptist kids um, is, like, or, you know, the one guy who had David Duke as his godfather. I mean, Voldemort wasn't there for a long time, you yeah. know? And then Voldemort shows up. It would be like if the Westboro Baptist one day, God came, suddenly God came back, and then, and and their parents had known God from the beginning, <laughs> right? But then... The kids meet God and like, oh shit, this is actually Satan. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like if they actually met a God who believed all the things that they said and saw what that did to the world, it might change things a little bit, um, yeah. which is kind of what happens to right. those kids in the Westboro Baptist Church because they get out from under the thumb. So I don't know. Um, <clears throat> seeing people murdered in front of you has may have some repercussions if it happens at an age like when you're 15, right, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know, he says some things. He says some awful things about you know. Okay, the mu the mudbloods are we're gonna murder all of them. Like he says things like that, but maybe until he actually sees it happen. Yeah. Right. Like, like at the uh, the scene where. What's her face? The Charity teacher, Burbage. Charity Burbage is yeah. like floating and dead above the the meeting, right. their meeting or whatever. Yeah, I think that's like at that point, like you can really see that kind of he's having this like shift, like an internal kind of debate over, you know, what are we, what have we gotten ourselves into, or like what is, what you even know. is this? Yeah, especially because that was like his teacher, like he yeah. knew that person. Yeah. Yeah, even if he didn't know them well, it's like he's seeing kind of the real human, like, specific human implications of 
that mentality. You know, up until this point, Lucius is just trying to, like, almost, like, very poorly trying to bring Voldemort back. Like, kind of, like, popping the journal into the, into What's-Her-Face's cauldron and stuff like that. It's just, it's all very... Voldemort says that, too. Yeah, like, it's all very, like, I'm gonna try, but I don't really want him back here. You know what I mean? Right, because that would upset. I mean, he's he's doing fine for himself without Voldemort coasting right. on, um, coasting among his circle on the reputation he's built himself, but still good with the world that is in which Voldemort is not there. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think like you know in the future Draco's ever going to be kind of like uh, he's not going to go out and like marry a Muggle or anything. He's not going to be. No. He's not going to be like Scorpius. Who's amazing. Yeah. No. Like, I think he's, like, not ever going to be, like, a great person. But, like, maybe he will kind of have an internal reckoning with his beliefs and kind of why right. he feels that superiority and, like, whether that's justified. And and we, th- we can think, with- too, that the Malfoys have this undercurrent of, of love, which is the antithesis yeah. of Voldemort and what he mm-hmm. stands for. Because of, you know, at the end, you know, his mother helps helps Harry. And at the end, they all... He kind of helps Harry. Yeah. Um, so there is this love. Of. There is just this, like, hey, we love each other. We don't want to get caught up in this anymore. Right. And I think that's a huge, huge... It speaks volumes of their family because that is not what Voldemort is about, you know, at all. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I consider anything that I read on Pottermore, for me, I take it to heart. Like, yeah. I, I think this is what she meant for them. I don't know. That's me. You don't have to. If it's not in the books. Anthony says if it's not in the books, it doesn't exist. I haven't really read I, on Pottermore. I've read but so much on Pottermore, and I can I consider it all canon because she writes it. Because mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling writes it. So, yeah, I, I believe everything it's just it It's just some free appendices. Yeah. Um. But so she says about about Draco and his wife, who he marries, um, that she he the two of them get along, come together in the first place because they're both sort of seeking to get outside of like they both they were both Slytherin, but they both wanted to get outside of um, that thinking, that pure blood thinking, mm. and that his wife was um, not particularly anti. Muggleborn, and that that um, made for tense, um, tense holidays yeah. with the Malfoys. With the Malfoy mm-hmm. parents, um, with the yeah, in-laws. yeah. And she also says this really poetic thing at some point. I can't remember if it's on Pottermore or in an article that I read, but she said that he, um, in his later life, becomes like really interested in alchemical studies, mm. but never makes, but never attempts to make a philosopher's stone, um, and that his one core is a uh, unicorn hair, which suggests um, something good yeah. about him. What is the purpose of alchemy aside, in wizarding aside from making the philosophy? Like the philosopher's stone. That I think that's it. I so like, that's yeah. interested in studying it, but never interested in making it. Mm. Yeah, it's just literally like the extension of life. Of life, hmm. which is. Like, it, but I just don't understand what why you would study it if you weren't doing it. Well, I think <laughs> that what she's saying is that I study which he comes that far, but never it. makes like he never makes the decision to like. Yeah. Like, that that suggests something good about him. Like, he doesn't he use has the time-turner, and he doesn't try to create a philosopher's stone. 
or so whatever. Like he's tempted by these things, but doesn't sort of give in to that temptation. Um, and I'm not necessarily a Draco apologist, although we all know my favorite ship. <laughs> Wait, is it so. is it Draco and Harry, or is it Draco and Hermione? No. I mean, I don't, I don't get, I can get down on a Draco and Harry, but like, I remember my, the, God, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention to anybody out here who's listening, any of you seven people, if you happen to be like a fan fiction person, a Harry Potter fan fiction person, you will have read or heard of, um, the Draco trilogy by Cassandra Clare. I need um, to read these. Who, Send, I need- it's, they're kind of hard to find because she, um, became like a, a published author of like her own. She did the Mortal Instruments series. She did. If you, yeah, that was her. So when she got published work, she took, um, she took that stuff online. Also, she was accused of a lot of plagiarism in her fan fiction. So that had a lot to do with. It. So, so she is much, much reviled in public in in the public sphere of fan fiction, but uh, secretly. Secretly, everybody likes the Draco <laughs> series, but it's like super long, and it's basically like a long ass love triangle between Harry, Hermione, and Draco. Mm. See, I can never hot. ever ship Harry and Hermione ever, ever. Hey. I don't. I've never that shipped my, it. That was my original ship. I've never shipped it, even when I was reading the books, because I always read the books. Because, like I said, I was older and I had. There were some films out, and I hadn't seen any of the films, so I read the books and then watched the films. And I never thought for a second that there was any sort of, like, chemistry between them. Mm-mm. Yeah. Just never felt know. it. Yeah, I guess. I guess, I think when I started reading them, I was, like, a tween or or, or something like that. And I just felt like Harry should get the best girl. And she is. And she was the best girl. But I do want to say that um, that when I was reading, Harry and Jenny came out of left field for me. Like It kind of did for me, too. I didn't I, Although I know it. that there are seeds planted, but it just doesn't seem that important. Like No. I don't know. I, I think we've talked about feel. this before. And have, yeah. indeed. Yeah, like for me, it, for me, it seems like, you know, she always liked him. And then when... You know, he eventually starts to like her. Part of it for him, I think, is not that he doesn't like her, but part of it for him, I think, is that he kind of wants to be a Weasley. Yeah, Weasley. it's the family yeah. that's attached. And, that and makes you sense don't to me. know what you got till it's and gone. And she's super cool and plays Quidditch and she's tough and she's got, I mean, in the book, she's a way better character than in the film. So, oh, like, for sure. yeah. she's more developed as far as, you know, she's alluring, it's- she's beautiful, she has a. Uh, a his a sordid history. A long string of lust lovers. Of hey, lovers. Exactly. Lauren, it, is there any fan fiction that ships uh, Dean Thomas and Luna Lovegood? Oh my gosh! Let's see. Because every Let's time see. I read, like, um, you know, when Dean and Luna hang out uh, at Shaul Cottage, I'm like, man, I would yeah, love that. like you know, some hanky panky happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let me ask you. Well, of course there are. There's Dean, just like Luna Love, there's this team, like part Dean when Thomas. they get back to like when they go to the Battle of Hogwarts and they're just like friends all of a sudden and everybody is kind of confused by it. But I really like. I feel like Dean genuinely like cares about her. And it's yeah, really because sweet they to went me. through something t- like awful together. Oh yeah, basically. for sure. 
And so, well, at, but yeah, the I mean, whole, maybe they can just be friends and that's okay, but I'm just curious if other Neville people feel Luna this way. Thing. I was always like hoping that the Neville Luna thing would be for real because it was in the film, which is great. It made me groan. I was like, you are not into her. Yeah, but, but I could see because. Like, he says, I'm crazy for her. And it was just, I'm, at that I'm moment, I'm mad for her. I'm mad for her or something. And I was just like, yes, this should happen. I but wish it, I hadn't done that. But it doesn't because she marries, like, the son of Newt's commander. Well, or the commander. grandson of Newt's grandson commander. Of great I don't know. Well, um, one thing, I read this uh, fan fiction story, which I sent to you guys and then r- immediately hoped you did not read. I don't remember you I forgot. That. Yeah, me neither. Maybe oh. you didn't. I think you're making this up. I- I didn't. I texted it to you guys, and I can prove it, but I won't. Um, <laughs> it was called, like, fuck, I can't remember. It's such, it's like a one-word title. It's like this, like, 30-long chapter uh, thing about how, um, <clears throat> I know I told you guys about this. It's like, uh, Harry and Ron go off in the seventh book, but Hermione stays behind. Oh, yeah, we talked about to this. To be, like, head girl and work on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about oh, okay, Rock so, Rock like, Rock. she doesn't so, go on the the journey with them? Like, right, and Draco defects, and they have to hide him, so they yeah, end up yeah. hiding him oh. in her in the, in the her quarters, basically, and it's this slow burn, like, romance where he's really sort of violent to her and terrible, but she, uh... Continues to be kind to him because that's who she is. Some people are into um, that. Some people are, and into then being at tra- some point, being treated like shit. So. Well, she realizes <laughs> that he's like he's damaged goods in a lot of ways and does her best, and um, she just treats him human, not even kind. She treats him human, and he eventually comes around, and they fall in love. But lots of sex. It's it's good. Um, but <laughs> but the sh- the other main ship later is um, Luna and Blaze Zabini. What? And it's basically Blaise about Zabini how Luna. Is the worst. He Listen, is, like, why it's basically about how Luna. I'm telling you, Luna made him a better man. Ooh. Like that's the whole part of like she's very much um, sort of the manic pixie dream girl. I, oh, I think, sure. but oh, she but is. She has this quiet like this quiet um, energy in this story. This very sort of steadfast like even though she's you know she's luna but she's very steadfast in this story um it's a good characterization of her and it's a reason to really like the story lauren if you're into fan resend me because i don't remember receiving this slow burn draco i can't remember what it's called please resend it to me because i want to read it Guys, if you're listening and you know what this story is, I can't even. It's probably in our text chain it. somewhere. J.K. Rowling refers to Petunia as horse-faced. Mm-hmm. Like she has a face like a horse. Like we've yeah. talked about this. We've talked about, you know, she refers to people in the in the books as fat, which does not mean anything. Like she, the way she explains that is that fat doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. Like being no. being rotund. Like, you can refer to someone as fat, and if you think that the connotations of that word are negative, then maybe you're, there's something wrong with you. Like, Yeah, I think that's me. what a lot of, like, you know, but the, the, the acceptance horse face, movement you can't would really, say. But horse-faced is, yeah. It, you can't really write that one away. I mean, horse-faced is kind of kind of a, an awful thing to say about somebody. <laughs> yeah, like, there are different ways to say that that wouldn't have, like, a negative. Like, you could say, you know, they have, like, a long face or, like... yes big teeth or... yeah like maybe like she maybe she just love horses <laughs> yeah, well i guess maybe if you love horses it's okay 
Yeah, I mean, do you remember those girls in elementary school that really loved horses? Oh, and I they was had one of those really girls. long, 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 long hair. In third and, grade. I'm sorry, are you saying there were girls in your school that wanted to be horses? No, they just loved horses. So they, yeah, all, if in, you haven't noticed, girls who like horses have really long hair because it's like an homage to the mane of their oh, horse. Oh, so when I was in third grade, my best friend really liked, she was one of those girls. And so by because of that, I also became one of those girls. But it wasn't just that, like, she had really long hair. It was like we would dress in solid colors, like horses. So, like, <laughs> Did you I have would wear stirrup all pants? Black. Did you have oh, yeah. stirrup pants? Of course, I <laughs> but she went like she took it a little far and would like gallop around the playground, and I didn't Holy quite shit. go that far. But like, she was a horse girl. I remember a girl at my school who had very long hair, <laughs> stirrup pants, and would gallop around like a horse. Yeah. So I, what there, kind of freaky ass schools y'all going to? I mean, just school, regular elementary school. Maybe I was the horse girl and didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you would have known it. And all those horse girls eventually turned into brush girls because their hair oh. were so long and they carried their brush in their back pocket and, you know, had to brush their long. I think that's a leap. Mane of hair. I don't, if you're a horse girl, you're not becoming a brush girl. I'm sorry. Like, you horse might. girls are straight up nerds. <laughs> They're like, straight up. we're going to, we're going to go homestead. See you later, guys. <laughs> I'm going to go make some jam and ride my horse. I think yeah. it's worse than that. I think it's worse than that because that's that's got some hipster cred i think i don't know what are the horse girls doing now like i don't want to be mean about it because like i know a couple of women in town who are like serious oh. horse women like they own Dude. horses and train horses and it's fucking baller i don't think liking horses and liking to ride horses is the same as being a horse girl like i don't <laughs> think odd about liking horses or enjoying like horse riding like that can be right. a normal thing but I think trying to embody a horse in your kind of persona is a little <laughs> bit odd like wearing a shirt that has like Native American and in- like inspired horses Native yeah. American inspired horses Do you, you know what I'm horse talking about like Native. not like the wolves howling at the moon but yeah. like but like the horses with like howling at the moon <laughs> not howling at the moon like galloping in the wind and then there's, like, Native American-inspired, right. like... So, what are they doing now? What are those horse girls doing now? Because I don't think they went... They're homesteading. No. Homesteading yes. is not a fucking thing, okay? It is a thing. It's a It's real not thing. enough of a thing for, for all those horse girls to be doing it. I think what they're doing now... I mean, I think horse girls eventually become evangelical crunchies. <laughs> there you go. Like, holy oh crap. God, yes. Dude, I follow some of those chicks on Twitter. They write books, and they're crunchy, and they're progressive, but they're also slightly evangelical. I think they're more than slightly, if I had to guess. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a worship leader now. I've had more than one woman come up to me and say, I just feel like when you sing that I'm just laying in the lap of Jesus. <laughs> And I mean, specifically, like, either hugging, like, Jesus is hugging them, or they're laying in Jesus's lap, or something very physically, like, intimate with Jesus, like, (laughs) and I'm just like, and I don't know how to respond to that, so I'm just like, hey, yeah, what's your name? Can, you know, like, I'm always trying to change the subject. I just feel like I'm just, I'm just going right down on the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh my god, you guys, you don't even know. Like, it's the weirdest profession. 
I love singing and I love singing for the Lord, but people are so fucking weird. <laughs> like, they're the weirdest. <laughs> On Thanksgiving, after just as like a day of bickering and fighting, and then like my parents had their had a big old like annoying like blow up, and then he's like, "All right, let's pray," because it was time <laughs> to eat. So he's like, "Okay, we're gonna pray." So Lucy walks into the room, sort of has her hands sort of folded, and then just sort of like shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, after the prayer, she walks up to me and Anthony. She goes, guys, I, I, I just don't do God. <laughs> I'm clapping. Amen. Let's say some Harry Potter things. But if you recall, when she heard Amy Grant saying, oh, that's she was true. like, she, oh my God, she was only- all about that El Shaddai. Uh, when she heard her Amy Grant sing El Shaddai, she was like, I only ever want to listen to God music. She <laughs> did say that for a while. So Maybe she thinks Amy Grant is God. <laughs> maybe Which, she's right. Maybe she's right, because let's be honest, her shit is bananas. She's so good. <laughs> I, I can listen to Amy Grant all day long, especially... Baby, baby, like all her pop uh, blah, stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Because I've also like had this thing for Michael W. Smith, especially his I pop song. I always shipped Amy and Amy and Michael W. Smith. Amy and Michael, because um, Michael W. Smith is that um, what is that song Run, that he put out that pepper. made the the pop charts? Looking for a reason, roaming through the night to find my place in this world. My place in this world. That was a not that a lot hit. to lean on. Need, need to, to know to help me find. Does Amy Grant? Is she a? Is she still alive? Yes. Yes, and she's married to Vince Gill, who Vince Gill is what I would call an angel on this planet because his voice sounds like a million angels. Vince Gill. Hmm. Vince Gill's voice is like this. I don't even know. It's like velvet in a voice it's like it's like when you pour rich chocolatey oval tea in your ears <laughs> something like that like something just oh, so sumptuous we have got to return to harry potter <laughs> shut, shut up i'm talking about vince gill right now malfoy would yeah. love vince gill he would think vince gill. <laughs> he has a secret desire for vince gill. what do you mean <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> While we're talking about Malfoy, I was thinking earlier that maybe like part of the reason people ship Draco and Malfoy, not Draco and Malfoy. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> they ship he Malfoy with himself. himself. He's he a does ship himself. himself. That would make sense. He is, nar- he is narcissistic. Probably. I wonder if part of the reason they ship uh, Draco and Hermione is just kind of this, like you know, not myth. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but like. The thing that people tell, like, little girls that, like, when boys push you down, it means they like you. Right. right? Which is just, like, kind of the ingraining misogyny into people at a young age. But I wonder if, like, that's part of the reason why, like, people are like, oh, well, he's mean to her. It must must be because he secretly likes her and not just because he's an asshole. Yeah, that's a part of it. He wants to do it with her. He wants to put it in her. He wants to do things 11-year-old Draco Malfoy. But it's, like, definitely, like... <laughs> She's, like, more, I'm not touching like, that. Like, there's definitely, I mean, a kind of, I don't know, whatever we're calling the uh, I didn't wizard mean version of, like, racism. Like, trickle. whether it's mug- muggleism. I don't know what you want to call that mm-hmm. specific uh, discrimination. But there's also, like, misogyny, definitely, like... 
Oh yeah, underlying. If he treats you he... like shit, it probably means he wants to make out with you. Well, I think a lot of people, Logic. which is ter- which is terrible. But I didn't mean eleven-year-old Draco. I meant like later on, like when she punches him in the third book, and he calls her mudblood yeah. all the time. Like I feel like there's a lot of like because they're going through puberty because they're like. But I don't understand why, like, like the assumption is if someone is mean to you, that means they like you. Like, that's not a reasonable assumption. Like, that... Well, no, in general, it's hmm. not a reasonable assumption, but I think, um... I'm... But people understand it to be a thing Right, I'm sense. spitballing here, but I'm thinking, it's like, a, yeah. uh, in a, in a previous age, perhaps, like a previous era, um... You know, and maybe it was a thing, <laughs> like, for little boys. I'm talking about little boys, like, who didn't know, who weren't supposed to, who were, you know, the little, the idea of, like, the little, uh, the terrible prince, the l'enfant terrible, who, you know, little boys were allowed to be terrible, and little girls were not. So, I don't know. And, and Draco was definitely the terrible prince. Right. Let's just be honest. Uh-huh. He was... He was a uh, completely and utterly, you know, he was let to he 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 was enabled to be how he was. And I think the like, idea is in like every way in our culture, like boys will be boys, right? And that was kind of right, the idea people, for many mm. years and still is. But it, gender is a social construct. So it, what I'm saying is. is, I'm not saying that boys will be boys. I'm saying that yeah, that's exactly. what people said and they allowed young boys and boys still are who you make them, right? So, but boys were allowed to act. I mean, this is common. This is common knowledge now. But boys were allowed and encouraged to do to act on any whim that they had, and girls have been mm. shushed and told to be polite. So, I think that any meanness. I mean, it was all it, as children. Children like to be mean. So if you don't quell that, any mm-hmm. any interaction with a little boy is mean. Like maybe I had a <clears throat> I had a best friend named Chris, who was uh, red-headed and freckle-faced. Sounds cute. And was mean to me. Let me get that number. All the t- <laughs> He was mean to me all the time. We were best friends, but he was, he would call me butthead, like, he would, but then there would be moments where we would laugh and make, like, diarrhea jokes <laughs> and stuff, but then there would be moments where he was just, like, super mean to me, and, like, like basically, like, silence uh, what is it called where you just like give someone the silent treatment for like stonewall. days like stonewall like he stonewalled me for for days and then he would be nice to me and my dad would always tell me oh it's because he likes you that's why he's doing that and um he was considerably he was considered my best friend like he was my best friend in elementary school and yeah. he would do stuff like this and I remember being at the uh, Bay County Fair with him on the Ferris wheel. Oh. And he, we were like, I want to say sixth grade or something. And he reached over and he held my hand. And the next day it was like, hey, butthead. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. Well, like it was, I think I, part of you know, the truth of that is that boys, while allowed to be terrible, have not always been empowered to express themselves in ways that girls can. Oh, absolutely. So maybe there is some truth. Maybe there is some truth, but that doesn't mean it should be normalized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, ab- no, no, exactly. That's absolutely what I'm saying is that, like, the way that, you know, 
gender is kind of gender roles are forced on children it's like a boys aren't allowed to express real emotions and then b like girls are told when boys are mean to them it's because they like them so it just allows both of them to like internalize misogyny and yes exactly and i don't think he lived in a home like his father was similar like no like his father his father was similar to that like his father like his father like the guy that i was just talking to my best friend (laughs) His dad was really fun, but also kind of mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm taking like, it back to my fan fiction that I wrote that I <laughs> that I outlined <laughs> in a previous episode where it was like, don't lose your cool. Uh, what is... Fuck! His dad... So in my story, if you haven't listened to the episode, I don't know. Don't. Um, but I did read an outline of an old like fan fiction and story that I had written. Um, it was perfect. And uh, it was like Draco's mom dies. And so Draco's dad writes him a real cold letter that says, hey, keep it together. Don't show any emotion. And he's like, but you never showed me how to. Th- you never taught me how to show emotion, father. So how could I how could I not keep it together? Because I have nothing to keep together. Um, and by the way, the title of that story was Nothing Changes. And recently <laughs> was. Um, looking up Draco Hermione fan fiction and found one called Some Things Change. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently some things do change. And anyway, Draco and Malfoy. Draco and Malfoy. Some things change. Oh, girlfriend. Alright. <laughs> it's fine. I feel like like when Dean Thomas puts his like football posters up, everybody's just like, "What is that about? This is a sport doesn't make any sense." And like they all act like they're so oblivious about like all Muggle things. Like they don't have any idea what Muggle things are, and they don't know how to work any kind of Muggle contraptions. But then like when Oliver Wood is teaching Harry how to play Quidditch, and he's like, "Well, we don't want to use a real snitch because it'll fly away, so we'll just like bewitch these and pulls these golf balls out of his pockets." And it's like, "Yeah, how do you have golf balls?" Why would you even know what a golf ball is? Like, why would maybe other kind of like wizarding ball or just like a, have a fake snitch that you use? Like, that seems like that would be part of your kind of practice. Repertoire. What is Oliver Wood's parentage? Yeah, like That's is he Muggleborn? No, no, no. Because like Harry, um, when he's explaining Quidditch to him, I'm pretty sure Harry's like, oh, it's like some sport, but with something, something, and and like he's like, oh, it's like basketball or something, and Oliver Wood's like, what is that? Uh, well, maybe that's well, just because he's British. Maybe he's Scottish and he knows what golf is. Scotland is like the the homeland of golf, right? Oliver, and let's does, read about does his she life. Scottish in the in the books, though. I know that in the movies he sounds very well, yeah. Scottish. Yeah, in the movie she, for sure, but he doesn't. She doesn't say that in the book. Same with like in the movie they made Luna Irish, and she's not. Irish in the book. Well, according to fandom, I don't know if they're taking their information from the books or from the films, which says Oliver was born in Scotland in 1975 or 76, likely into a wizarding family. But I don't know that she ever says that. But why would he... Golf balls! Why wouldn't they just have, like, practice snitch balls? Yeah, but where would he have gotten golf balls? Now, is there wizarding golf? They act like like Quidditch is their only sport, you know? Like, they don't have other... I don't know why they would only have one sport, but they act like Quidditch is it. So I don't know that there would be wizarding golf, but... Yeah, but he... I'm pretty sure in that same scene, he's like, I don't know what basketball is. Well, basketball is... Basketball's really American, isn't it? 
I yeah, but if, I'm, I think if he were from a Muggle family, he would have TV and he would be aware. Like I think people in 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 the UK are aware of basketball. But wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it make more sense that he would know more about golf than about basketball? And what I mean, in what way? Like it, either you know about Muggle sports, or you don't. I just found on Harry Potter on Harry Potter Wikia. Someone else has had this problem, too, because it says Oliver did not know what basketball was. This suggests he comes from a purely magical family. However, Oliver used golf balls when first practicing with Harry, suggesting he may be half-blood or at least have a family member who knows about golf. That's a bad analysis, but that at least someone else has raised this question. I literally am looking at the same the same page I, I just Googled, right now. I googled uh, Oliver Wood golf balls. That's exactly what I googled. You guys are I mean, the best. What else could you Google? But um, I definitely feel like it's more of a cultural thing than it is a wizard muggle thing. Let's make up a fan fiction real quick about why Oliver Wood <laughs> knows about golf. Wait, 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 wait! We have to pick a song though. Um, we pick we a don't song. have to. Song. Well, I was thinking. I, I was actually thinking "Eye of the Tiger," but. Because I, I pictured this song playing when he's trying to teach Harry how to play Quidditch. <laughs> I I think that's a little on the nose, Dale. I think it'd be funnier if he was trying to teach, if he was trying to teach Harry Quidditch to um El Shaddai by Amy Grant. Eliana Adonai. Jesus Christ! I can't think. I I want to sync up that scene from. The first movie to every Amy Grant song that I, I can just want to see him throw golf balls at the cadence of da 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 da. It'd be duh, better duh, though duh. if he was doing it to the Amy Grant song and throwing <laughs> like in slow motion. Alright, my fan fiction is gonna be that you know obviously Oliver would falls in love with harry well wait he's kind of old for him though it's uh, no no no, it's it's fine because it's the same as hermione and let's say this is okay this is fan fiction let's say it's happening later when harry's just a little bit older and a little bit baller because 11 year old as like a 16 year old is still weird so is he 15 or 16 is he sixth year or Uh, he's fifth year he's fifth year isn't he or maybe he's only sixth year god we should really know this so he's 15 Maybe 16. It depends on yeah, where and he is. And 11 and 16 seems like a really big gap. But let's say it's in his senior year. or his They don't have senior years. His seventh year, He's let's say he's 17 and the other one is uh, 13. 13 or well, 14. The, the fan fiction I was trying to build was like the falling in love around the like being taught a thing. You know, like Dirty Dance and stuff. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Every heartbeat bears your name. And there's like a lift at the end, but it's like, yes. oh my god, yes, the lift on a broom. <laughs> okay, you guys, we are. But making... why the golf balls, though? We got to get the golf balls in there somehow. That's um. Okay. Because let's it's say remini- that he it's just reminiscent of the time that he taught him how to play Quidditch. No, I'm saying why does he have them in the first place? So I'm gonna go with in our in our fan fiction that that he has um that uh cedric not cedric what's his name oliver has 
has found these, like, maybe out where he lives, it's kind of rural, and then maybe, like, somebody golfs around there, and he keeps finding them in his yard, and he just picks them up. He's like, hey, these would be useful maybe for practice. He maybe know, he, hmm. he doesn't These are about the size of a snitch. Wait, what, Sherry? Maybe he doesn't know they're attached to a sport, and he thinks they just kind of magically appear. <laughs> yeah, they're like eggs or something. Them, yeah. And so he, he just has them. And so he keeps bringing them to practice with Harry. And Harry's like, why do you have these? What, you know, where do you keep getting these golf balls? And I thought you were, he's like, oh, this, what? And so it then becomes like an exchange <laughs> of, of Oliver teaches Harry Quidditch. But Harry educates Oliver on the finer workings of, of muggle sports. And they right. come to have a mutual love for each other over their love of sports that sounds like a thing boys would do right (laughs) wasn't it like wait what's the name lauren you had pointed out that oliver's name is oliver wood but that his irl name is what now sean biggerstaff (laughs) it's i'm biggerstaff it's it's a joke that's been heard around the world i'm sure but i just didn't i know it's just really funny so, Has it really been heard around the world? Does yeah. everyone know this joke? I'm yeah. going to just say that there are people that listen to this podcast that do not know this. There's no way. There's no way. If you are even remotely a fan that you don't know about the Bigger Staff Wood connection. <laughs> which is the title of this episode. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Bigger Staff Wood Why are there so many dudes who like Harry? Because he is good at sports. Harry loves Oliver because he's got a big dick. (laughs) Two on the nose. On the nose. It is Um, on the nose. For our Draco episode, I feel like we really need to, like, spitball a real quick, like, Draco fan fiction about... And okay. let's marry. Let's marry Sue. It. Let's go full on marry Sue. Okay. Let's we insert our, an avatar for ourselves. Mm-hmm. What? Because I know you guys are not into Draco. <clears throat> no. Um. But I always, uh, you know, I shipped it with him and Hermione, and and that that has to mean that I see something of myself in there. Maybe I don't know. So what? I mean, what would it take for him to be attractive to you? Other than being a completely different person. Um, oh, man. I think the most attractive he's ever been to me is was the sixth film, only because I felt bad for him. I think, like, in my ideal fan fiction, like, Draco Malfoy goes to wizarding college and, like, takes, you know, like, a feminism, feminism class, class. <laughs> critical race theory, and then, like, you know... Are you his teacher? Does it turn naughty? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the way that it happens. Uh, but then, you know, he goes to, like, start the House Elf Liberation Front. <gasps> oh my wow. gosh, yeah, that would change All a, a lot. Draco Malfoy revolutionary, you know. And then I think I could I could go for a, a fanfic. A piece of that? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, yeah, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. I Did think... they have Wizard in college? It seems like they don't. I feel like sure just, seems like I they feel don't. like they just go into a trade. Like I'm gonna go work for Gringotts. Right. I feel like Dumbledore has to have 
Dumbledore has to have the equivalent of like a PhD for wizards. And so there has to be some sort of higher education for wizards. All right, let's all do what what uh, cuz cuz for Her- for Draco it have to be like post Hogwarts for us to meet him. So I think for me maybe it's not wizarding college cuz I'm a muggle in this. Somehow he gets himself into regular college. Draco Malfoy enrolls at Florida State University. <laughs> Um, and maybe it's because he, okay, here's my ideal pitch. He's going undercover at a muggle college because he's still sort of, um, attached to, like, anti-muggle stuff and he's going, like, deep cover. He could also be going, like, witness protection program if the death Oh, that's good. That's better. That's so much better. He's witness protection. Um, and, uh, he, um, he does not want to be there. But in his creative writing class, he fi- he finds this delightful, chubby, black-haired girl. Um, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's and me. we get paired up for... What would you get paired up for in creative writing? Like we have to do like a two-person... Like oh, the- I was going to say, like, uh, it, for f- for um, creative writing, it could be like a two-person round-robin. Yeah. And uh, eventually it becomes, like, a story about our love. Aww. And uh, he hates himself for the way he feels about me. And uh, and I just don't understand why this guy keeps pulling away from me after we almost make out, like, four times. (laughs) Boy, I gotta write this down. I also don't understand why he carries a stick around in his pocket. Uh, (laughs) I'm into the weirdos. It's college, man. He has a stick. He has a pocket that, like, is the length of a stick, and you just think it might be a boner. That's true. <laughs> All right. I was thinking about something along the lines of the Amy Grant song, Baby, Baby. Like, I was trying to go down that route. He gets you pregnant. Okay, so here's the deal. I go to London, and I'm there, right? Because I've never been to England, and I really want to go. So I go. And I'm hanging out, and I'm, like, just, like, walking around, like, kind of, like, backpacking, hosteling, whatever. I run into this this dude, and he's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, can you tell me how to make a decent cup of tea? Sure. Let's have some tea. And then we, like... You're asking him how to make a cup of tea? Exactly. I'm asking him. And then we, like, hang out and talk about things. And then I'm like, I'm from the U.S. And he's like, yeah, duh. And then, um, and then that's it. I don't really know where to go from there. Is that Malfoy? Is yeah. it Malfoy? Yes. Because I feel like he wouldn't know how to make a decent cup of tea. No. Maybe <laughs> like, he's he, probably oh, got yes. people making it for him. Maybe at that point he is just, like, hot, you know, going around he's in the muggle, muggle world and being, and just, I don't know, man. I don't, and I don't ever since the day you showed me how to make tea. This is not a Mary Sue, but I had a fanfic idea because you said something about getting pregnant. Um, All right. And I was thinking, it's actually, now that I think of it, kind of creepy and messed up. But I was thinking, what if Hermione had, um, well, this wouldn't make sense because that was, that was in their Go name? ahead. It doesn't have to make sense. It's fan fiction. I know, but I was thinking it was in their second year when they made the 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 
what's it called? Polyjuice Poly potion. potion. But this would have to be later on. So maybe we say like later on they decide to use the Polyjuice Potion as an undercut. Oh, so when Harry's like trying to figure out what Draco's up to in, in book six or whatever, let's okay. say Hermione uses the Polyjuice Potion and turns into a uh, pansy. Pansy Parkinson. I right. You're going there. And then uh, she's trying to like talk to, to Draco and instead Draco like makes a move and she's like uh you know maybe not so much but then she's like still trying to like get information out of him and then he like you know keeps going for it and then she kind of just decides like oh, what the heck you know curiosity right and mm. then Hermione gets pregnant with Draco's child under, is, under, you are a master this is a master work people would fucking love it dude write are you this. kidding me you need to write this okay because getting, getting pregnant under the under the the polyjuice potion it's probably dangerous it dude, is yeah how would that even work i don't know would it man. be any of your dna like are your insides changed? it wouldn't be. it would be so. diff- it would be it would be the same like it would be hermione's baby obviously she'd be pregnant but like it would be, it would come up. out looking just like. And if like, it were a dude that were doing that to a woman, it would obviously like raise a lot of flags. But for some reason, right. I feel less creeped out about it. Yeah, because you're just like because. And like, if it's well, he mind. was the aggressor first of all. Was well, not aggressive story. because like it was consensual in that scenario, except that he thought she was someone no. else. I'm just yeah, that's a good point. So okay, but so yeah, th- I like that. That's a good idea. But then you have to question: Would he have pursued it if he knew it was Hermione? Probably no, not. he wouldn't have. That's the whole deal. Yeah. Um, okay. But then so... they have to raise a baby together. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and then they have that. to okay, raise yeah. a baby together. And this story is called Baby Baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, do we even have a spell that we could do? What is that word? The Latin word for pregnant. For being in po- pregnant. In fuego. Isn't it in fuego? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Wait, are you hmm. trying to come up with a spell that makes you pregnant? Because I do not want that. <laughs> let's think about Sherry's amazing fan fiction. That is amazing. Um, and let's think about what spell she would use to conceal her pregnancy. Like just to make it look during... like she's not pregnant while she is actually gestating a child. Right. Like somewhere in in some way that she can like place the child somewhere else to grow. Well, it's just like no. make it bigger oh. on the inside. You know. Here's the word, guys. <laughs> it's the same what? as the. It's the same as the the what's it called for the yeah. undetectable extension. The spell that you would use to make it look not pregnant would be an undetectable extension charm on your belly. That on seems your belly, like it would do some harm. Um, I feel like. Well, or how about like just how Hermione makes flames in jars? She can just put her baby in the jar, and the baby grows in the jar. <laughs> I don't think that's a good plan. That's a thing that exists, like a uterus outside of. A human body. I'm like that's just a thing that's being here. developed. Ex utero. Next, Zip. she has to do a complicated spell in which she uh, grows her baby in an artificial womb that she keeps in her foot locker. Did you the, say in, in the... a foot locker? <laughs> no, in, yeah. in her foot locker. No, wait, wait, oh, in not her, like no, a store. No, no. When you said <laughs> in a foot locker, I literally thought like in a lady foot locker. <laughs> <laughs> She raises the, this is where the legend of the old woman who raised her children in a goddamn shoe comes from. Um, and and she, ra- he, she literally buys a size 15 Air Jordan, and that's where the baby <laughs> grows. 
from like, boy, this has gone from good to great. Um, all right, so are we calling it done? I yeah, think. Are maybe. We calling it done. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry that we left you unspellbound today, but boy, oh. we just couldn't get it together. So, um, if you are listening and you can think of a spell inspired by anything that we talked about, please. Share it with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the sorting chat, or email us at the sorting chat at gmail.com, and we will read it on the goddamn show. It, we don't care how good or bad it is. I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, one thing I always forget to do is to thank um, Dale's husband, Zach Stidham, Thanks, for Zach. writing us a great. I always put it in the description, but that's not enough. Oh, it's enough. So He's thank fine. you, Zach. We should thank you every time for the use of the sorting chat theme that he wrote especially for us. And that is great. Um, He's pretty cool. So thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll be back at some other point to do some stuff that's Harry Potter related. And we usually sign off with our spell. But tonight we're not doing that because we don't have one. So we'll just say, I don't know. Bye. Bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. En fuego. (laughs) That's our spell. In fuego. You may- it's, it just means on fire. Yeah. But- so that's what you you do a spell when you want to alert somebody else to the fact that your friend is like on Maybe fire. Yeah, like not a literal like, fire. No, like it just sends up a it just sends up a cloud of, of sparks that says in fuego over your like, friend's head. Maybe just head. like one of like, those like neon like pointing fingers over someone's right. head. <laughs> Fine. Here we go. All right. In fuego, everybody. In fuego. Bye, guys. Ladies. Good night.